Hey, I'm Pat B. Adam Wolf is out today, but don't worry, we have an action-packed show for you on the Geek Down on WEMF Radio. Leaping forward bionically. That's funky. Bob with my shoes. Like, you're not popping wide. It's okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Geek Down here on WEMF. I am Pat B. In the house on the side of me is... This gentleman, very, very official, very specific, waving at the camera. You know him as the ruler of Omicron Percy I-8. I'm talking, of course, about Just Johnny. Yo. Hey, he always understated. <laughs> and, of course, looking across the table from me, the very professional tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix 01, Mix Macabre. Yo. Ahoy. <laughs> and in-house, we also have a couple of special guests. If you're watching us on twitch.tv slash thegeekdown, you can actually see them. I'm talking, of course, about Phoebe. Hi, great to be here. Hey. And Melissa. Hello. And these fine individuals are here from the Watch City Steampunk Festival. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to talk to them in a few, and you're going to give us some good information and good inside stuff on what's going down at the festival. Will do. All right, cool, cool, cool. For any of us, our listeners who are not familiar with steampunk, though, do you want to give us a quick rundown on what exactly is steampunk? Oh, well, that's one of those questions you ask, you know, three people and you're going to get five answers. Uh, my elevator pitch is that it's the world as if everything H.G. Wells and Jules Verne wrote about was true when we lived in a world of fantastic airships and submarines and giant robots made out of clockwork. And, uh... Mm. Goggles and airships and ray guns, oh my. I like it. I'm envisioning like Teddy Ruxpin come to life. <laughs> All right, let me know if in the ballpark. Pat, you're old. What? I, people know Teddy Ruxpin, okay? How dare you? I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Thank you. All right, fine. I, my ego's been all cut down and Steampunk stuff. is goths who found brown. I've, I've, I've heard such That's things. That's my favorite. Stick some gears on it. You well, know? well, it's all about gluing clock, bro, bro, uh, broken clock pieces, am I correct? Yeah, you glue cogs to yourself, right? And that's, that's steampunk. That's one way to do it. <laughs> Evie, what's your 30-second description? Um, I like the really short shorthand of Victorian science fiction. Like if you imagined, uh, if you were in the long 19th century in various places in Europe and Asia, and you imagined uh, what the future looked like based on the technology you had at the time, which was mostly steam-powered. Okay. Oh, that's I- a great description right there. Why, thank yeah. you. Very succinct, almost like it was written down and rehearsed beforehand. If you mm. look at, uh, <laughs> maybe like uh, for the gamer uh, listeners out there, maybe games like Bioshock, yeah. uh, Dishonored, those are all sort of come to mind as mm-hmm. uh, steampunk-esque. That would agree. Yeah. yeah. The Lion King, um, Snood. <laughs> it, you could, if, totally. look, you throw a corset on Scar, it's steampunk. Mm-hmm. Right, He's the right colors. Yeah. I've been to that website. It's not very not pretty. Not enough colors. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have... Oh, I'm sorry. I almost forgot the golden-voiced individual, the sexiest in, the sexiest man in the room, DJ Herbie Herb. The sexy and silent... I don't know what that was. robot noises. The strong silent type. I was like, God, I thought that was a golem. I thought that was heavy breathing. The sexiest one in the room. Oh, thank you, Pat. This guy. All right. Now, DJ Herbie Herb, keeping it sounding crisp and delicious. Like I said, you're listening to us on WEMFradio.com. And if you're watching, if you're not watching on twitch.tv slash thegeekdown, you can check us out and actually jump in and talk to us during the broadcast. Now, I want to jump into a uh, quick discussion real quick because I want to get your I want to get your opinion, Johnny. Everybody's opinion in the room, but also yep. especially uh, Mix McCobb, your opinion, because you're one of the few individuals that I know is versed on everything. I know so, everything about everything. Everything about everything. <laughs> yes. Um, the, the, the humble uh, and, and, and meek, as, as all. Um, but no, um, okay, Samurai Jack, Invader Zim, uh, yeah. Ben 10, these are some shows that are being rebooted. And uh, brought back to uh, to broadcast television. Um, now, in different forms, they're not all just there. We're, we're bringing back the show in new episodes, which yeah. actually would be kind of cool in some cases. Uh, but that's not what they're doing. Uh, they're actually doing a new Ben 10 series after it's only been off mm-hmm. the air for like, what, four years? No. It, well, Ben 10s. It depends on what you're going for because mm. original Ben 10 has been off for way longer, but they had a kind of continued series. Well, the problem with that is it was a. Um, it was ben bad. 10 was, it was ongoing and canonical. It was bad. No, though. no, Ben 10 was awesome. What are you talking about? Hater. Hater! How dare you! <laughs> 
I'm all, where am I? I'm in church right now. Fight. Yeah. <laughs> Blows will be thrown. Fur will fly. But um, no, what I'm getting at is a lot of shows yeah. are being redone and re-released. Nostalgia's big. To the public. Nostalgia's big, but I think this MS... Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of its own special deal. Yeah. But it's, it's not really... How do I, I don't know how to put this. It's it's like a rebootequel. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like a rehashing for a new generation. I think they call that a soft reboot. Mm. They call Instead that, of a firm reboot. I call it a yes. I call it a hard reset. Bottle. Speaking of the rebooting the reboot. Uh, yeah, Again? yeah. No, they, they no. They've been trying to reboot reboot for for eons. Okay, I myself followed reboot until the bitter bitter end. Same. So there's Same. There, yeah, there's yeah. no reason we want to I get just... back. Matrix, come on. But Hexadecimal what I'm getting anyway. at is, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is this a good thing? It's a mix. Is this introducing to new generations, or is this a bad thing where it's cheapening the effect of the shows? I think it varies and, by show, though. Okay, well, well then. Because Samurai you, Jack, let's just hit on Samurai Jack for example. Oh uh, yes. Uh, for those who haven't been watching it, uh, this doesn't no spoiler whatsoever. It is a little bit more adult content than mm-hmm. the original series, which had a lot of subversive adult content. But this one, and again, this is really not a spoiler. He like bleeds a ton. Yeah, and it's been, a lot of like existential crisis, and like it's really interesting, and I think is a very interesting narrative to explore now, mm-hmm. as it feels like Samurai Jack has grown up with its audience, whereas other things that are being rebooted, like Ben Ten. Mm-hmm. Are they just making another kid show? Because, you know, here's where you get into the issue of, like, reboots, rehashing. Does it fa- is it going to fall into the kind of, like, Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go? Mm. Uh, so it really... No, exactly. Oh, no, but exactly. But then, but then Samurai Jack went the other direction and kind of took it in a more adult... And I don't want to say adult because it's still, like, easily a show for teens. But it has It that, is, but they've gone, like, Tarantino levels of blood uh, on the side. Yeah, they have, actually. It's, yeah. it's, it's rough. And it, it, in a good way, though, I feel that it explores a lot of things that couldn't be touched in the original. I think that's kind of the crux of it for me. Mm-hmm. Is the reboot or the rehashing or the soft reboot, the gentle reboot, <laughs> is it being done to explore something that was not able to be explored in its original narrative? Mm-hmm. Is there something that in 2017 we can do that we couldn't then? Or is it just... You know, nostalgia's hot right now, so let's bring back the Muppet Babies. Okay, and it's pose- easier to reboot something that you already own than yep. to invent yep. something new. Well, okay, it's that's, that, that was, that was my original problem. Risk. It's basically going back over ideas that had their time. These are things that were presented to the public yep. that had their fan base in their run, and it was awesome. And then now it feels like a quick cash grab. You actually posed the point that I didn't mm. think about, mm. and my original point was. Uh, or at least I'm obviously of the uh, mindset that this is a bad thing. That this is cheapening the the memories. But Samurai Jack is uh, amazing. Samurai Jack is good, but Samurai Jack was one of those shows that ran and then was canceled before it got a chance mm-hmm. to come to a natural progression. Which, natural is, culmination. which is true, but that kind of touches upon what I meant by what can we do in 2017 that we could not do then. Mm-hmm. I don't want us, as someone who really did enjoy the original Ben 10 series. I could see them doing a really interesting show in 2017, exploring more. They never really went into too deeply, like, this kid can turn into... Doesn't that, like, mess you up psychologically? No, that, like, Oh, oh, okay, you mean this, Ben... This, yeah, like... They touched ben, on it. They, not, didn't, they didn't delve deeply This is what I'm talking about, though. Because it's still a kid's show. But, You're talking about... The, you I'm want not to go about, deeply but, cerebral. I don't mean, like, like, super, but, like, if you aimed at a demographic ever so slightly more mm-hmm. than Ben 10 did, let's say Ben 10 was, like you know, 7 to 15 as, like, a general audience, whereas what if it was aimed more toward that tween audience these days? Mm-hmm. I feel it could have been a richer, more interesting show that appealed to an even wider demographic. I disagree, and I'll tell you why. The, the key example that we actually have seen, that we still have to this day, uh, that it ha- that has had the... Well, there's Kevin Eleven. The... Uh, hmm? The character? Yeah. What about him? He, he, he gets real hecked up. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm going outside of the series. Okay, oh, okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We've seen so many variations, so many reboots. Yeah, the newer so series many... quite good, actually. Yes, but think about the bad ones before then, the live action. There was the good series in 2003, which they followed up with what? The follow-up to that, where they changed the production company, they changed but, the animation, they changed the writing, and, and, to be and fair, they though, changed you... the theme and made it more kiddie, and then you got um, Fast Forward. 
I supposedly just, the same series, but a completely different series, and it was garbage. The I distinctly recall both of us Farm going to see the newer Ninja Turtles movie, though, thinking it was going to be a steaming pile of garbage and enjoying it. True, but we enjoyed it because <laughs> it was a steaming pile of garbage. It was just a hilarious steaming boy. It is very quiet in this room, all right? Does anybody else have a uh, different opinion, same opinions? Want to tell uh, me how right I am? Uh, I, I think it depends on whether the original creators have... You know, that's, that's whether they're point. consulting yep. on the project or directly involved on the project. If they have any involvement whatsoever, uh, then me personally, I would be on board, especially for Invader Zim. Okay, but see, if it doesn't I, have yeah, the original Zim creator, I'm out. Yeah, like Invader yeah. Zim, for example, there's been a teaser trailer released, and it's quite obviously the same voice cast. And in in true fashion, the creator is just tweeting about how fake it is and how it's not real and how it's not happening. So, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Vasquez. Just Jonathan. Yeah. He's, he's just a jerk and he spells it that way to annoy you. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, he, just, no he does. No, I know. The guy I know. is just I, an angry, angry jerk. If you want to carry teenage yeah, angst to the, after you've made millions <laughs> and you are 40-something want, and still acting like a like a 17-year-old, that that's your business. A really, really brief, fun, mixed macabre story is that many years Years ago, pre-Invader pre Zim, uh, when he was still just putting out Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, and it hadn't even been collected yet, I literally ran into him at a Comic-Con. Like, I bumped into cart. him, <laughs> and I helped him pick up all his stuff, and he was like, come by my booth, I'll give you a comic. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, weird goth guy. <laughs> all right, ginger goth, I don't need this. <laughs> He was wearing, like, it was, like, 90 degrees. He's in a trench coat. And I'm like, whatever. And, of course, it turned out to be him. And, like, if I had gone by his booth and gotten, like, a signed comic, that would have been super cool. Well, but still, though, the environment. No, I don't, I don't blame you. Just, this hey, was, like, I don't even know how many years ago this was. This, this had to be, like, I'll show you the 98 <laughs> or something. Like, this had to be. Oh, like, just before, uh, like, Zim back. took off. This Actually, is, just before this uh, is well, took off. Yeah, this is, like, we're talking, like, 98, 99 at most mm. when this happened. This is okay. not recent. <laughs> Herb was just a baby with an afro back Right, <laughs> but yeah, no, but like that's a really good example. Like Zim is very clearly being done by the same crew. That is not always a good thing. It was the same cat that brought back uh, well, Biker Mice from well, Mars. That's the thing. That was criminal <sighs> and a tragedy. Yeah, I know, I know. Just, I just, love the original just, so you, much. Use the pain. Use one of the anger. If I have to go to like my secret and happy place, it's me eating microwavable, microwavable mini hot dogs branded with. Micromace from Mars. Oh, I don't know geez. if any of y'all know what I'm talking about. I, know what I do. Yeah, those are that's my happy place right there. It's like watching <laughs> Biker Mice from Mars, eating the Biker Mice from Mars branded miniature individual microwave hot dogs. See, I'm all I'm all about the uh, the Ghostbusters. Uh, excuse me, the Ninja Turtles pies and the Ghostbusters original ecto cooler <laughs> in the boxes. Um, that wasn't kosher. Okay, look, I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm black. You can only have one limited thing at a time. You grow up in poor, yeah, you grow poor in the hood. Okay, uh, uh, Ninja Turtle pies are. A I, delicacy. Mean, I walked uphill both ways. <laughs> Ninja Turtle pies. It's like it's, it's like what's that? These are rare miniatures. It's a freaking Polly Pocket. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think what it's looking like is it has to do with creator intent, mm -hmm. and it has to do with also the way in which it's being expanded or rebooted is it a money grab is it ninja turtles being crammed out so they can throw out more toys oh, or is it samurai jack libra love so it's really we're going to have to explore it on an individual basis i do feel that there's been this wave of 80s 90s nostalgia that's been just going real hard lately oh, oh. and it's obvious that this trend is going to continue with the reboots and the remaking and mm -hmm. the the mining uh, the 80s, 90s demographic mm. of content to the, put out uh, new strip stuff mining there. of everything you <laughs> cared about <laughs> to make a fast Look, buck. I want that Kid Icarus movie, alright? I'm holding out. Stop. Actually, you know what? If that was, I, 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 would, I would patronize that just for the theme song. I just want to point out, this little... is the prestigious show you all agreed to be on. <laughs> <laughs> alright, next thing the broach there is, how long is a legitimate amount of time to wait before they reintroduce. Oh, they're gonna. It's it's like five minutes. They're they're already rebooting the mummy. That's the mummy not a came out. It's not a reboot. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a reboot it's of a reboot. the old Universal monsters. It's not a reboot of the Brendan oh, okay. Fraser movie. If that's what you but were that's thinking. But that's still okay. I didn't know that. But wasn't then. the Brendan Fraser better. reboot? Yeah, Brendan no, Fraser one it was, was. It was meant to be its own mummy story, as opposed to the mummy from the old Universal horror movies. <sighs> well, I like right. this. Is I like why the, I stick to werewolves, guys. Well, this I like is why I stick to werewolves. Oh yeah, because it kind of follows. 
those. Yeah. Is that Underworld series is well, so every uncomplicated. Every tends to follow a formula, and it was kind no, of satirizing all the Mummy convention movies, but yeah. it wasn't technically supposed to be. Oh, see, I thought it was that. I thought it was the Mummy. I thought it was the Mummy. It is. I thought it was like that that mummy. Well, they're trying to launch a. I don't want to be rude. Universal monsters. And just assume about mummies. Yeah, that I heard. Exactly. Yes, they're I, I, for some I, reason they give think me that, that creature that's a from the viable, Black Lagoon. You know, shared universe Surfing. to rival the Marvel one, yeah. which yeah. I'm not quite sure what uh, they that, think. That also, 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 I think is a mistake. Yeah. Uh, if they want to introduce these monsters, let them be organic. If they're actively trying to bring, like, some of the coolest well, things was like um, uh, Abbott and Costello meet. Don't talk too soon, I was about to say, because you know? uh, the more they do this, the more likely Monster Squad reboots come in. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> the good no, stuff. No, Wolfman's got darts. Look, if yeah, they, right? If they, if Johnny they, if, and Al go. You don't have to go. If they bring That's back right. the Goonies, Cool. Mm -hmm. I will support that. Monster Squad. That that ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of like drag. Yeah, the best. The hard thing about that is that you do grow up, and sometimes you look back at the things you loved as a yeah. kid, and you realize that was crap. And if they <laughs> produce it again now, if they reboot it, and they reboot it like it used to be, mm. it's still going to be crap. Very and if true. they reboot it to where I would like it now, it's not what. It's not the same mm -hmm. thing that I fell in love with as a kid. Mm. One thing I found, the single merit of that, that I can kind of get behind, is when you reboot these things for the sole purpose of reintroducing something to a new generation. And I acknowledge that mostly that's done for marketing purposes. Uh, they brought back Thundercats a few years ago. Yeah, it didn't go well. Which, it didn't go well, but the original Thundercats are very popular because the show, well, besides the cool last theme song, <laughs> that it had, it, it was completely undeserving the cool theme song. Um, it was a show where the, to the toys sold really well. So yeah. after that was canceled, you forgot them. about it for a long. You did really. I had every single one. I couldn't afford a damn thing. Oh, we we got them second. Rich. All right, I live in a palace mm -hmm, filled with Thundercats. Mm -hmm. All right, money bags. <laughs> um, I watched Netflix had uh, Secrets of Isis, which was a '70s kids show uh -huh. that I loved as a kid. I got through about three episodes of it for the nostalgia value and realized. This is awful. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> no, they were they were not great. There was Isis that ran. Uh, Isis and that ran Shazam. Uh, Shazam. Oh yes. Uh, and Melissa and I just became instant friends. Um, Meanwhile, I just rewatched all of the Highlander cartoon series. So, like, what I do I know? I don't I know what's good. I still have not seen that. I look for it, Quentin like you said. Cloud. I look for it, like you said. I couldn't find it. I, I'll burn it for you. Well, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. you mean you will let me borrow your legally acquired copies? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. They're, they don't care, uh, Pat. Uh, someone, someone, someone out there. No, Pat, cares. The, day the someone, magic internet fairy look, just left it on this my is, heart. This is Trump, Pence, America. <laughs> I, Pat, the day I, I someone no comes chances. after me for the Highlander animated series. <laughs> you know, I kind of, I kind of wanted to happen. There was no, there was no better story I would love me. to tell in jail. Come for me. Yeah, no greater story, man. I have a legally I'm gonna tell you what happened. How I ended up in cell block animated C. Series. All right, there were four episodes of Wishbone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your story? This time I got it the second story? time. The red Which badge of courage. They showed a, a, a what was a Yorkshire Terrier. Jack Russell. Jack Russell. Thank you. They showed a Jack Russell Terrier a white catching dog. a gun butt to the face <laughs> on camera. I'm like, this is my show. I am all in. My the favorite best. was the Scarlet Pimpernel. All right. Well, we've gone a little long on this. Yeah, we should probably wrap it up. The thing I was getting at with the Thundercats thing was um, they bring those back to sell toys, but also uh, the show has become popular with generations that carries over. So that becomes the thing that they appreciate when they brought it back. It was a good 20 plus years after it had gone off the maybe not 20, but close to 20 years. No, after just it had about. Gone off the yeah. End, yeah. Uh, the first time. So they brought that back and the new generation is is uh, is introduced to it and appreciate and can appreciate the new spin taken on it. Thundercats was a boring show. Loved it <laughs> Yo, as a kid. Yo, that movie was so good, though. The movie with the TV movie was so good. Oh, the live action With the one, lunatics. Yeah, the, no, the one with the, the, the real movie, the, the Thundercats of the movie with the, when they go up against the lunatics. I remember that. The lunatics were weird. I why? They was the best. Chilla was the best. Oh, they were lunatics. I can were name all of them. Oh, man. Why do you like this? You, you, are, you were trying to just... If I hear any more obscure TV series shows coming up... I'm going to start with... What show it's do you think you're on? Yeah. Oh, Thundercats isn't obscure. I'm, I just have this fear it's the that one of, of you is gonna like is gonna like be like, "Oh, remember Fraggle Rock? It was so great." And I'll be like, Please. "Fraggle Rock was the worst." Dun, 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 right, dun, 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 I do aspire dun, dun, to grow dun, dun, up dun, dun, to be this uh -oh. singing trash heap, though. Uh -oh. 
<laughs> I think I see Fraggle Rock o- a lover over here. Fraggle yeah. Rock is amazing. Yeah, I was trying to you. think of like oh, okay. obscure TV shows to throw at you. Yeah, dude. The Tomorrow um, People were rebooted Fall four Guy. times. Really? I watched Squad. Tor- There's a new one on Who Netflix right much? now. They had two episodes in the original and they played them like endlessly. There was the original, then there was the one on Nickelodeon that I grew up watching oh, that I really liked. No, no, that's not the original. There was really? an earlier one. The 70s yep. version, yeah. That's I the original. That. That's the original Tomorrow People. With this mostly, this completely ridiculous episode with very young Peter Davison, a.k.a. Yeah. the fifth doctor, in his first TV appearance. Yep. It's the most the ridiculous, point is, it's, awful it's, it's been rebooted four times. I just mm. want to know who wanted that. Like, There's who, more than two episodes. Mega Brain had his own. There's audiences for everything. One thing I found, we the had a weird long discussion bees, about there Power were four Rangers. separate storylines. Mm-hmm. Power Rangers has been around since the 70s. We uh. didn't get it until the 90s. That was a Super Sentai series. And where we knew it as different... Uh, shows with different uh, teams of kids. It's just been one endless uh, uh, stream in Japan. Yep. Where it's like every every year was a different season. Every season was a different team. Mm-hmm. And then we're just like, well, you know, we got Jason and Trini and all those. Mm-hmm. And, and he swung them up because it was popular over there. It never friggin' ended. Even now, or maybe not now, it went to like 2013. But <laughs> from like, we're talking from like 1972 to 2013. Okay, wow. that's a legitimate run. Um, but doggone it i had a nice point i was going to close out on and like literally brain fart well let me talk about power rangers for a second um (laughs) well anyways uh okay i'm of the point it still seems like a bad thing to me it's good to bring some things back for nostalgia purposes and then you give them like a tv movie you close it out you know you wrap up a story when it's something like biker mice from mars you see the worst case scenario You know, where, where versus Ninja Turtles, where is is a perfect example of when they just won't let something die. The only good ones since the first show, which I do acknowledge was corny as hell, have, been, have been flukes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. shout out to Cowboys of Moo Mesa. If you have anything to say on this subject, please hit us up at geekdownradio <laughs> at gmail.com. We'll continue the conversation. Or also you want to tell me how correct I am and throw out some of the references <laughs> of your own. We've gone way too long on this. I apologize. Herb is over there. This man had to go to the bathroom for a half hour and we've kept I'm kidding. I'm Lunatic right. um, Lunatic's uh, Unleash was awesome. Why? What? Thank you, you friend. Stop it. Sorry, stop I, it. Thank no, you so no, much. No more from you tonight. <laughs> Thank I, you for I, the support. I still can't, can't get off the image of like Herb as a baby with a goatee. Just just there, <laughs> chilling, that shaving. Happened. Mama, I'm out of races. All right, so. Um, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Johnny and I got to check out. Slime, that. slime, slime, slime. Take Super Meat Boy and just add way more weirdness. Well, the guy like with no skin? How weird uh, could that be? <gasps> but now you're a slime and you're swallowed by a worm and you're in its like intestinal track. It's like a full house script <laughs> adapted and pixelated. I don't see what's weird about that at all. Yeah, um, okay. no, if anyone's unfamiliar, we're talking about a game uh, called Slime Son where you play basically like a, a very large booger. It's just a, <laughs> this is a game that we actually discovered at PAX. I think it's safe to say I had a good time. Your experience, similar, I hope? Yeah, it's a very good time. Slime Son is probably like... Uh, you play a uh, bit of slime that's ingested by a worm, and the entire game takes place in this worm's intestine, inside his just body. Just like real life. Mm-hmm. Yep. You've been swallowed, you have to try to get out. That's the basic crux of it. And it's a, a collection of levels, and I think every four levels is kind of like a chapter, mm-hmm. and there are... Tons and tons of levels in this game. Yes, there are. I went through probably 30 to 40 levels, and there was still like way more left to do. And there's boss battles, and there is like this city of weird NPCs that are inside. Yeah, that's one thing I really like. There's like, you you come across societies of other things that this giant worm has swallowed, this giant gargantuan, extra hungry um, Galactus-esque worm has swallowed, (laughs) and while you're trying to get out and save yourself and live your life, they've just resigned themselves to, this is our fate now, we just live here. And they've set up shop, (laughs) they've built homes, they've built cities, they've built casinos for themselves. Is the exit where I think it would be on the worm? No. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what's weird. Okay, this is the thing that, that, that I actually got from the game, and I'm just like, the worm okay, this anatomy is a was what problem. was weird. <laughs> the worm anatomy, yeah, it was a little bit off from, from my own home study. Um, no, it's like you get swallowed by the worm, that's when you start the game, but you start off at the very back, which poses two questions. One, how'd you get there? <laughs> exactly. What kind of like warp tunnel exists in this dude's tonsils? And two, it's not the prettiest way, but you're trying to get out. You're right by an exit. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you wanted it bad enough, yeah. you could have figured it you out. suck it up. And, you, well, anyways, 
so so John, like you mentioned, also uh, it's a platformer. Uh, yeah. We mentioned Super Meat Boy. To anyone who's not familiar, Super Meat Boy <laughs> is a platformer, but also a notoriously complex. Yeah. Uh, yeah, an I never a very I'm bad at it. A very high twitch, high skill, fast. Actually, this one almost seems like it's faster paced than Super Meat Boy uh, when you're not holding down that morph button to sort of slow down time. Yeah, that's an it element I really like. Um, it, it uses the environments. Not a lot of platform games use their environments other than making them an obstacle. This, uh, you use your environments kind of as a tool. There's the uh, the Ooh. green. Um, I guess like phased platforms and the red ones and you can use those by phasing through and then blocking at different points and using those to solve puzzles, collect apples, etc. And it added an extra element that you don't normally find in most platformers. Yeah, it's it's part of the challenge is knowing when you need to uh, go, I guess, like pseudo slime invisible in order to pass through these green barriers. I am a hunk of snot with phasing ability, sir. I am the next level. And then and then at other moments you want to not you want to you know reappear as a slime and be able to wall slide against these barriers and you have to there's a very fine balance that you need to they need to ride out uh with that by switching between those two things also dashing in the air on the ground in order to avoid enemies so okay that was kind of a pain in the ass to get a hang to get the hang of though uh one thing i started playing this it was very reminiscent of mega man to me and that was the thing that like got me there because I love the Mega Man series, and this was my primary experience. Platformers was like, I have the basics down. I've got this, and this operates this way. And then the concept of jumping and air dashing uh, added added a. It's like a different skill you have, but relearning that added another level of complexity to me. And I don't want to make it. Oh well, you know, there was a very complex thing. It was hard as balls. Yeah, you know. But um, that took a little. That took a little adjusting to. That kind of affected my appreciation of the game. Oh, it definitely it definitely takes a while to get used to it. It's um, it's because the it, the game itself requires a high level of skill that uh, this the game itself requires a high level of patience. Well, it, uh, yeah. So yes. you have to like constantly like switch, and it kind of like the difficulties you know kind of hitting you pretty hard right up front. And I, di I didn't even get used to it yet. I was kind of fumbling uh, because, you know, you get pressed pretty hard uh, fairly quickly mm -hmm. in order to be able to know when to dash through things and when to, like, phase dash through things and when to yeah, let go of your... When to fling some of your snot at somebody and because, you know, they got in your face. Yeah. When to, uh, okay, now also, I was a little, um, I was a little perturbed. Was it, what happened to my pop filter? I'm sitting here. <laughs> um, I was a little upset. At uh, some of the um, the specific missions, missions, uh, things you have to accomplish for people when you bump into them, because it seemed like they were taking me out of my way. And had those been op uh, uh, optional missions, uh, rather than have have it be a straightforward game, that actually would have, I think, uh, added more to the experience. They made it kind of like an RPG, added an RPG element to that. Right. It was. Um, it's linear. That's what I'm saying, and that's yeah, that was a pain in the ass. It is a linear thing, but at any moment when you are uh, done with a four-level chunk, mm -hmm. uh, you can go back to like the hub, the and run around the the city and sort of do things within there, mm -hmm. uh, and you can. Uh, so as you're playing through the levels, you can collect this uh, green heart uh, uh, currency. The I apples. Guess. The apples. You mean. Oh, it's apples. They yeah. were apples, yeah. You of all people with the cheesy apples. I saw it. I don't know why hearts came into play, but yeah, it was these green apples. These green snot hearts, yes. Yeah, makes sense for being inside green of a worm. Green hearts. Uh, and then you could spend these apples on uh, different with kinds usage. of abilities. Yes. Uh, not not necessarily abilities, but different characters that have that play differently. You can mm. also get cosmetic stuff. You have like a little bird that is flying around mm. you. I don't know what that bird is for, but I you thought can it was dress like a mascot it up. or something because you see him in the um, like in, the, in the end screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I, I thought I thought it was just there, like um, uh, what's his name from Zelda? Like listen, Navi? Oh, hey, yeah. listen, like Navi, hey, like listen, Tail, Tattle hey, and Tail, yeah. Listen, hey, listen, hey, listen, <laughs> People have, like, turned this thing off. For the, me bird, the bird is very quiet, though. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I appreciate the hell out of that, too. <laughs> dude, um, I met the, uh, I met the, um, the developer. I met the dude Fabian at PAX. Yeah, he was super right? chill. I played that game, like, six times at PAX, but I just, unfortunately, didn't have time to join y'all on the... Uh, no, playing it now. I, I, I remember. I remember. And I spent a lot of time at PAX with that game. It was wonderful. Mm, so I just like to rub it in and say the game was awesome. 
I look forward to playing it. Yeah, I've never had time that I hear exists sometime. In it may have changed me as a gamer. And, and the uh, artwork is uh, a lot like uh, a game I played. Uh, I don't know, maybe like half a year ago. Down, Downwell. Downwell, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And the artwork is almost exactly the same. It's mm. it's like a uh, higher quality uh, NES pixel art. Um, and by I'd higher say, quality, like I mean, a lower quality uh, marble madness. Well, I love it. So uh, yeah, I yeah. like uh, one of the That's things that really one. struck me about it was its limited color palette, mm. yep. which is something I really enjoyed. It kind of I think it was like light blue, green, pink, and black, so and didn't really and have anything else. It's very soothing to the eye, and it's, <laughs> and it's very bright. It's very like yeah, neon. It's very colors. neon colors. It has a kind of like almost just actual like neon signage quality to it and so many games i think would have been compelled to make it a full color game and have almost too much going on and it was busy to me in a good way that it had the bright enticing colors but it never really felt like oh my god what am i looking at i can't figure out what's going on on the yeah. screen well this was very they used it very well in my opinion um just because part of the sense color plays part of um yep. your actual gameplay mechanic uh having it Keeping it within those due bounds. Yeah, that's what I mean by like oh. the limited color palette, where it had yeah. mm -hmm. these very, very bright colors, but only a handful of them. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, green, it made green the was thing. yourself. Green was the slime, which yes. is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the red, which is I don't know what the red was. The red but was everything was, bad. The red is the stomach death, acid yeah. that kills you. The red is the yeah. platforms that kill you. The red is those uh, spikes. The red is those uh, corrosives. The red is everything that wants you dead. It was weird creature things that yeah. fly and crawl yeah. so yeah anything red the red uh, is, is the tape that you have to file papers through to get your uh, taxes and government cheese yeah. and then i think like variations oh. of blue and gray were were just like platforms or ground that you can stand on mm -hmm. Dude, so yeah. besides the difficulty and there's not there's not really much bad i can say about this the design was awesome it was fun to play even after 20 plus levels it it, it never got stale the um the the levels are very intricate and uh, I don't see how they could possibly do a uh, Slime Son 2. You know, there's no sequels here. I think they uh, pretty much shot their wad and now they need a nap. But this was like <laughs> one hell of a uh, hell of a first effort. It's, it's kind of like they took um, uh, Super Meat Boy and Mario Galaxy 2, where Mario Galaxy 2 just threw brand new, like weird, interesting gameplay mechanics at you for like just one level. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. And that's in this game. Like every set of four levels is like this new idea this new gameplay idea the and then they throw it away mm -hmm. and then they introduce something new at the next set of four levels and the very first stage that of that four level chunk is always going to be like the introduction of what the new gameplay mechanic is mm -hmm. and then they just crank up the difficulty harder and harder and then by the end of the fourth one you're like yeah that was really fun so, and then they change it on you. Yeah, no, I, I got you. So basically, according to Johnny, yeah, so it's like, you know, they gave you ice cream and pizza, and on top of that, took you to, like, you know, Dave and Buster's, and they threw that out the window, and then, like, they gave you blowjobs and resurrecting your dead grandma, and then took you <laughs> on your birth on your ninth birthday again. Like, what, really? Okay. Uh, uh. So, so I'm assuming you liked it. I think we both liked it. <laughs> yeah, I did. This is like, I thought it was a very challenging game, but I enjoyed it. You're like, oh, my God, it'll change your... No, I, dude, it, said, it was just the gameplay no, changed. I'm messing with time. you, man. I, I know. See, I'm this is why I couldn't time. give a review it because it would just be me saying the word slime for ten minutes. Yes, no, that that's <laughs> true. I kind of wanted that interjected. Yeah. Will it's like over in the corner, chanting slime, slime, slime. I got slimed once. People on the video can't see studio. everything. But this is did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. No, wow. Really? Uh, I was I was a very little kid. I, I don't like, like the consistency of that one. <laughs> the Nickelodeon gag slime there. It has oatmeal in it, and I'm not here for it. Although slime is in right now. Go to Michael's. It's the slime oh, center. Yes. Mm. Really? That that's is the latest really? DIY craft is do, do, DIY slime. We do not speak disparagingly of slime here. To have slime. Yeah, to, like to, to have. Play with. So yeah. step one, you want slime, <laughs> and step two is you make slime. And then you enjoy slime. And then if you're parents, you clean up the slime that your children have spread all over the place. Yeah, we did horrible things in the 90s, man. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of the 90s, we actually talked about 90s nostalgia earlier. Um, let's talk about 1890s nostalgia. <laughs> nice transition. And with that, I want to reintroduce Phoebe. Hi. And Melissa. Hello. Hey, and you, are, you fine individuals are representatives of... The Watch City Steampunk Festival being held on May 13th in Waltham, Massachusetts. It is a completely free outdoor festival on Waltham Common with and the surrounding uh, areas. And the surrounding area mm -hmm. with musical entertainment, 
and uh, speakers and panelists and vendors. So much shopping. And performances. And performances. <laughs> and so on Waltham Common and down local streets and in the Waltham Public Library. And, uh, Sounds like you have full am, coverage there in that in that particular region of the town. Yes, so this is going to be expansive. It's we're trying to take over downtown Waltham with, with the like, steampunks. <laughs> I meant uh, just a street gang. You just, yeah. just take Rolling it over. There'll be street gangs, but they'll be dressed with like you know top hats and monocles and gears glued all over them. <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. Instead yes. of like Harleys, they're riding uh, penny farthings down the road. Yes. So. What's all this then? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the pirates and the barbershop quartets will get into it, you know, and it's a lot of fun. There'll be mustache wax everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) But also a lot of just the local residents come because we're free festival with we have kids activities Mm. and uh, just lots to do. And if you don't even know anything about steampunk, you can just come and enjoy yourself for the day. And a lot of the locals won't enjoy that. Okay, well, that's that's that thing. I'm glad you said that because I'm a little bummed Adam isn't here. He's uh, more of the uh, steampunk inclined member of the cast here. And, okay, I'm somebody who's fairly new to steampunk. I'm aware because I've seen that one episode of Castle where, you know, he Oi. wore the pit helmet and stuff. <laughs> oh, Which is but one I, of the relatively better public depictions of steampunk by people who have no idea, but not yet. Fabulous. It was still, okay, okay well, what Where's, did they get wrong then? Help us, help us, we who are not in the know, know. I wish we had our own private club that we could hang out in yeah, all day being be steampunk awesome. with nappy nice. You guys don't do that? Oh, man. <laughs> no. Sorry they to come to the goth club, but then I glare at them in my neon colors, which is just me getting revenge on the goths who glare at me for my neon colors. See, I'm cyber goth. Mm-hmm. So to explain this in better terms, so, so I'm sh- yeah, thank you. I was about to say, I'm sharks. Mm-hmm. And then they're jets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I show up to Steampunk World's Fair, for example, mm-hmm in full neon dreads and everyone's just like what's all this then yeah, well, and then, then their monocles pop and then their monocles pop wouldn't they technically be the novelists <laughs> oh. and then you um sharks and jets would be okay so what am i to a nautilus then pat continue this please or if the nautilus the is name? the submarine then yeah. it's the uh the giant squid the giant well, squid yes well, has, yes i am fond of tentacles nemo's ship versus the squid yeah this is the this. best day of my life we just <laughs> talked about slime and i've just been compared to something with tentacles well there's a tintin <laughs> comic here i really want to urge but i can't quite work space into it. <laughs> <laughs> i've never made it to watch city because i'm I, it just always ended up that i was like out of town that weekend i think this year is the first year that i can actually awesome. probably swing by and i'm really looking forward to it nice. awesome. all my jokes about not liking steampunk it just gives me more impetus to show up in a giant tutu and in, in neon colors Come, yeah. we, Come, we don't care we uh, appreciate time travelers from from any oh, time yes, yes. yes. Wait, um, it's it's not like it's not like the like I'm the, joking, uh, like, I'm joking. Like the Ren Faire, Ren, oh, okay. I was gonna say it's not like the Ren Fairs where you have folks coming in uh, in uh, classic Star Trek gear, Captain. With I've the never done that sun. actually. That's ridiculous, and I've never done that. Really? I we you have pictures. That's horrible. And why yeah. would you ever think that? Why would I ever do that? I, I, I'm sorry. I, I we know you. I went to King Richards with a bunch of steampunks one year, and people were looking at going, "Oh, look, steampunks!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm sure the, the 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 medieval folks were like, "Why are they paying attention to the steampunks?" It's convocate. It's a thing that they do and they have clockwork gears attached to them yeah. and the steampunk fits right and i imagine alchemy unless they're all <laughs> I, see i appreciate steampunks because they like a little bit more um sort of early industrial revolution style science stuff mm. than than alchemy specifically yeah a little mad science yes mad science is a big thing yeah. and uh and, and and we also throw some actual industrial history in mm-hmm. uh one of our uh kind of partners in this is the charles river museum of industry and innovation which is this really cool little museum in waltham that you don't know is there because it's kind of way at the back of an old mill factory mm-hmm. um and and it's dedicated to industrial revolution yeah. era technology that's you know sort of the setting for a lot of the science fiction stuff that's that stuff is awesome though i don't understand why it, it has to be so niche because mm-hmm. honestly, I, well, I knew the name Penny Farthing. That's because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> but no, honestly, honestly, it's like you watch old movies and these were the explorers back before they had all the equipment and sonar and weirdness that we've come to just accept as a factor over time. So the concept of those being brought to uh, future bounds of technology, that's cool as hell. If I could have like a robot, but it's made of like old school yeah. like, clockwork yeah. gear. And well, one of the fun things about it is it's kind of anti-atavism a little bit. It's like it takes the cool stuff and all the potential and all the, you know, excitement of like we are on the cusp of, you know, revolutionizing how we do things in the world. But look at all how rooted in colonialism it is. Look at how rooted it is in uh, toxic traditions and misogyny and racism and all that stuff. Mm. Let's pull that away from 
all of the, you know, the, the baggage and reimagine it in, you know, embracing those progressive ideas that were actually driving it forward that, you know, they managed to muck up. And hoop skirts. <laughs> and hoop skirts, because they're fun. Yeah. There's also a strong uh, element of, of ma- the maker movement and DIY, you know, uh, making yeah, your own uh... props, making your outfit. There's not necessarily one right way. You know, it's not like I'm going to recreate a Darth Vader costume and it has to look like that. I can make you know, whatever I want. Mm-hmm. A, good, yeah. a good nerd example would be the Batman uh, one-off Gotham by, Gath- by, Gotham Gotham by, by Gaslight. Gaslight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's steampunk. Yeah. Well, there was also um, uh, Beware the Creeper. Uh, which back back yes. the same yeah yes. yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't who does know these the these are the more prestige format DC books uh, that came out a few years ago. They don't really do that anymore. No, they nah. don't. Yeah, um, but Gotham by Gaslight placed yep. Batman in uh, steampunk setting. Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, so, so the only information I heard uh, that I heard of uh, before coming here, uh, sort of in exchange, uh, is that Waltham is the steampunk capital. Right. It likes true. to call itself the birthplace of the American Industrial Revolution, which might be a slightly yeah. overgrand title. Well, but you know, it, it, people talk, people know Lowell, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. it had all these mills that were founded by Francis Cabot Lowell, mm-hmm. for whom it's all named. But his first factory was in Waltham, and he moved up to Lowell later because the, he got was getting better water pressure out of the Merrimack River than he was out of the Charles <laughs> and Waltham. Okay. Uh, Good thing he didn't go to Lawrence. <laughs> well, like, he's, he's had, up there. He got mugged by three guys named Fitzy. And and the name Watch City comes from historically Waltham had a watch factory. Mm-hmm. And Waltham watches were in the day, you know, very prestigious, uh, well-regarded timepieces. Okay, and now I knew about the watch factory. I didn't know Waltham watches was the thing. Waltham yeah. watches were from Waltham. Oh yeah. Waltham. And okay. uh, and of course, like everything else, the the old watch factory is now condos. Uh, <laughs> well, so is our old goth club. So yeah. <laughs> Um, like, man, the old yeah. condo I grew up in is now a condo. you believe this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, an example of one of the events that uh, is going to be happening there is a uh, series of theatrical shows that I write and direct, um, which are along the steampunk theme. It's called the Mrs. Hawking series, and I like to sell it as what if Sherlock Holmes were more like a lady Batman? Hmm. Um, again, taking a lot of the cool stuff about, um, you know, the Victorian period, you know, the gas lamp adventures and the, the mystery theme and the um, the aesthetic of it with the hoop skirts and the top hats and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But kind of taking a minute to address the fact that, you know, it was very classist, it was very racist, it was very colonial and sort of um, getting a chance to sort of... Uh, retell you know those exciting stories thinking about that stuff a little bit more like we have this um you know female protagonist who is you know on the surface this you know fairly ordinary victorian widow who you know at night puts on a mask and runs along rooftops and stabs baddies with a knife to help you know women who have nowhere else to turn Mm. and we've been doing it as a serial because how else can you do uh you know a mystery series and adventure series like Sherlock Holmes or or Batman other than serially and we've been doing um one show and one new show a year and Mm -hmm. we're uh putting on part two and part three this time requires no knowledge of anything in the uh originals and it's going to be um uh, at the festival because festivals are very open to you know slightly more experimental things like serialized theater which you don't see very often and uh and this is also always at Aresia yeah, actually, good memory. Uh, we tend to debut at Aresia, and then we go up later. My Rocky at... Horror cast is the cast that does the shadow casting at Aresia. Oh, that's cool. We've Tesseract had several. We've had several yep. of your your actors, like um, Joy Thaller and Indeed. Sarah Dion. Well, not bad. My street gang rolls our uh, penny farthings upwards. No, <laughs> <laughs> Bring it, ching ching. Um, Bring it, please. Yeah. <laughs> now, this takes place at the Waltham Square, right? Yeah, so, Waltham Common. Yeah. Oh, you're, uh, sorry. The, yeah. The, 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 the festival is centered around the common, but also the surrounding area um, has some events, too. My play is like one block away from the common on uh, at 274 Moody Street. And we go up at 2 p.m. with part two and 6 p.m. with part three. Nice. And if you're walking down Moody Street, wa- look in the window displays because the uh, owner of the Mediterranean Grill, the, the, yeah. gr- the grill, Mediterranean food, yes. uh, has, is allowing us to use an empty storefront. And so we've in the front of the windows, we've set up a mannequin wearing an airship and a little mad scientist display, and the props for Phoebe's play are sitting in the mm-hmm. front window. So if you're... Kind of you, as a, an installation of what it or looks like a little bit. Yeah. And if you walk past it and it's empty, you know you're missing the play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so catch it before we move all our set pieces back to, to actually rehearse with them. Nice. Um, but if anybody's interested in learning more, again, we're called the Mrs. Hawking series, and we're at www.mrshawkingnoperiod.com. 
All right. And, and if we're interested, if we're interested in finding more about the uh, festival itself, mm-hmm. is at watchcityfestival.com and also look for Watch City Steampunk Festival on Facebook. Uh, we're doing a lot of updates showing off the individual entertainers and the vendors that are coming up and uh, pictures of you know, things that we're up to and the crazy women talked about the crazy plot line. Uh, <laughs> don't give too much away now. No, no, no. It just involves... Well, you know how at the Renaissance Fair they have, a, you know, a bunch of actors who sort of like embody the people that you would expect in that stylized version of the Renaissance? Yeah. We have our own uh, steampunk figures yes. who act out their own plot line. Oh, nice. So you've got like the wacky neighbor. It's going to be the... Uh, <laughs> okay. the, uh, the corrupt the, uh, mayor, the, the mad corrupt science. The the... Uh, the mad airship captain. captain. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't worry, you don't need to follow any of the. It, it's not like it makes sense anyway. It just <laughs> does. We got invaded by aliens at it's the end the of flavor. last year's festival. So I've heard things. And a giant squid fought and a, a robot. Squid. Yeah, we had a robot versus kraken fight last time. So why didn't you say that at the start? I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, Big Nazo out of Rhode Island? I've. I'm actually not. No. Okay. They 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 do uh, creature. Uh, you know, giant foam creature costumes and perform as a band mm-hmm. wearing giant aliens from outer space creature costumes and uh, oh, we like, worked um, with them and they did uh, they built a robot costume and a kraken costume and came and did a kind of like kaiju battle with these two <laughs> people in costumes whacking at each other while the rest of them in their alien costumes are playing rock and roll in the band <laughs> and, and we were standing there going like I didn't know this was going to happen. None of us knew it was going to happen. Yeah. We got invaded by aliens. It was great. Dude, that is really all you had to say. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, once again, this takes place on December 24th, 1896. Uh, yes, <laughs> if except you're a time that, that, yes, that's where you enter the time travel portal. Where you will be deposited is May 13th, 2017. Uh, this is the Saturday of Mother's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, get your mom a very unique gift at our fine vendors. Um, like and again, goggles. it's completely uh free we will be free announcing free on Saturday. we are going to be having a friday night party which will be a ticketed mm-hmm. event mm-hmm. uh that will be announced very very soon um come in your best farthingale yes yes and, uh, and find out what a farthingale is <laughs> all right Melissa, phoebe thank you very much thank you um if you guys want to find out any more information go to uh com. and if you want to find out more about the play www.mrshawking.com. All right, awesome. Mrs. spelled out or Mrs. MRS? MRS. There you go. All right, thank you very much. All right, and we are going to close out with the lowdown, the inside stuff on Anime Boston. Find out exactly what's going down because Mixed Macabre, you've got Speaking of ancient retro, uh, the theme this year was retro gaming, and they did have some really cool content on that. Oh, you said ancient retro. From what you told me, I thought the theme was oppression. Oh, yeah. And and, and stepping so the innocent. theme was uh, retro gaming, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of really cool displays and a lot of old meme stuff. Like they had a great bunch of signs out in the hallway that referenced like the the, the weird stuff. Like uh, I don't even know how to explain this. Old meme. Okay, so there's Steve. like a big no. There's like a big picture that just said Sephiroth a ton of times, mm-hmm. but hyphenated <laughs> different ways. So if you look at it for two minutes, you realize that it's just the Sephiroth theme song. Oh, which Sephiroth. Exactly. And then they had like all your base, and then they had like you know it's dangerous to go alone. Take this, but it was like five hours of sleep, you know, two hot meals, and one goddamn shower per day. Um, uh, some quick anime, some juicy Anime Boston gossip uh, in the Anime Boston social uh, Facebook group. There was uh, some drama that broke out this year Ooh, uh, over uh, whether or not it is privileged to wear de- deodorant. Privilege? Uh, wearing deodorant is a privilege because it costs money and it's expensive and thus some people may not be able to afford it. And by saying that people are smelly, you are discriminating against them at the con. There's wow. some spicy discourse wow. about the hot dramas of deodorant okay. gate. This is somebody who, who's, who's inhaled that con funk before. Wash <laughs> your ass, you dirty. <laughs> Here. Hygiene is like Here. taught in This was yes. like a thing. And like, I used to go to Anime Boston many years ago as something called a Febreze fairy, where I would have a little <laughs> sign that says, feeling fresh, less than fresh, the Febreze fairy can help. Bless and I would have, child. I had miniature deodorants. I have a bunch of pictures of this from like 2006, 2008, I think I did it again. Mm-hmm. 2009 I did it with like my crazy rainbow dreads but uh 
So it was just it was just like it was a really funny thing, and then this year it just was like a theme. So I did see like someone dressed up as like a you know a carton of axe. Like it was just really funny <laughs> element. So it was just like some some hot some hot discourse for this year's uh, anime Boston. Right. But actually, uh, no. If somebody came as uh, Terry <laughs> Crews and what's his name? Oh, that would have been uh, so like good. Oh, can you imagine? Just in a towel. Ah, yelling. Okay. That, remember, that, I'd, I'd be I'd behind that 100%. Does anyone remember when you can control him online and he would like yes. play instruments with his muscles and he would just be like yelling muscles? <laughs> it was it was good In all good fairness, times. though, that started with, with the subservient chicken. From, uh, oh, gosh. I remember that. I yeah. But anyway, that so like Anime Boston. Talking about old memes. So... I mean, yeah, there was some great stuff. My favorite thing that I went to was Bad Anime Bad, which is usually like a compendium of just exactly that bad anime. Mm-hmm. But because it was retro stuff, the guy that runs it was like, I'm just going to show you some weird stuff from 1977, which yeah, was no way, way up my wrong. alley because I'm like, hey, I remember this from when I showed that when I was a kid. Because, like, you know, growing up in the early 90s stuff, that's what was shown at four in the morning on cable. So I was like, oh, hey, it's that weird Dracula anime. I've seen that. And it was just a really nice wild ride. See, I always thought I was detrimented by not by not finding, really getting into anime until, uh, I mean, like, yeah. legitimately. I saw, like, I, uh, cartoons growing up. This is gonna, like, till the 90s, I didn't know what it was. This is going to shock Maybe you, Maybe I Pat. dodged the bullet. So, uh, growing up, the way I actually got into anime, the first ever anime movie I ever saw in my whole life. Mm-hmm was that my dad was like, oh, anime, my daughter will love this. And so he taped Wicked City. Yes! And gave me a VHS of Wicked City. Yes, my four-year-old will will, will love this (laughs) tentacle penetrating this woman's mouth. I was 13. I know you're all shocked that I'm a burlesque performer and have dubbed hentai professionally, but... No, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, so that's how I got into anime, actually. And then Sailor Moon at 6 in the morning, of course. Mm-hmm. But Not Samurai Pizza Cats? I, I never got I loved too annoying. I loved it. Come I liked on. the theme song. It was too annoying. Yeah. I never. I don't like the annoying... It was the dude that sounded like Paul Lind. I learned Spanish <laughs> by watching Dragon Ball Z. But anyway, Anime Boston. <laughs> well, they are Dragon Ball Z. Anyway, so... It's on Telemundo. They were always like 10 episodes ahead of what was being translated. Anyway, so... Here's, here's my thing. Donde está el baño? I hate you. <laughs> that wasn't Love even right. Um, so the thing with Anime Boston is this. I feel, I don't want to say it's too big for its britches at this point, but the way that certain things are being handled these days, mm-hmm. such as the length of time one must wait in lines to get into panels. Is, yeah, there was a line controversy. It's is getting, it's not as bad as 2008 line con where like, for those who don't know, 2008, there are many people who literally never got into the convention because they got there at like 11 a.m. to pick up their badge and at four o'clock they were still in line and they were like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And they were better about that this year. Registration this year was significantly better. They truly did a good job in that way. Mm-hmm. However, things like the concert, People waited three hours easily or more to go get in line to see the concert. There were certain things like the flow well, of traffic. On. I love Right Said Fred as much as everybody, anybody, but yeah, I, they're, they're, I wouldn't right. wait that it long. Was, but that's the thing. So they, the way I feel that I'm in Boston this year, there was this kind of duality of really cool stuff, mm-hmm. borderline inaccessible, unless you gave up your whole day dedicated to that one content. So like, you know, you're be, not just talking about either like, you know, uh, celebrity in demand. Yeah, there'd be like you know the the Puffy Amy Yumi concert. That was the main concert one day. It was very, which is really cool for those who don't know. That's like a really really big name Japanese band. Really awesome. But if you wanted to see them and not be shoveled in the back or possibly not get in, easily a three hour wait, mm. if not more. I'm I, I saw people lining up as early as as they physically were letting them line up, and then and that's not necessarily by choice. That's not necessarily like oh I don't mind. It's you do that or you are not close enough to the stage or things like panels that seemed really cool i I apologize for blanking on the name of the voice actor there was one it was a gundam voice actor very well known we talked about that um oroku saki he's a very well known (laughs) why are you you doing this to me seriously i'm sorry seriously you are you are ribbing me hard today you're having a day um, but what like put in a that? room that is that was too small for the amount of people that wanted to see it, mm. or things like, you know, I wanted to get into the artist alley at one point, and I literally couldn't get in because there was a line all but blocking the door. Is that the con's fault? Now here's the thing: part of it is 
where's the line drawn between security moving staff, staff moving people, and the people in line just kind of blundering around. But well, no, there was this they're, weird they're, it's feeling. It's their responsibility to, to manage that kind what, of stuff. What I'm saying is then, but then here's the problem. So that instead of just managing it, there would be someone barking in your face. There'd be someone like, only center doors, only center doors, but like screamed at the attendants. Like the attendants felt, I don't want to say threatened because that's not the right word, but just it didn't feel good. It didn't feel like, oh, they just want to move this line along. You know, at one point in the evening I had discussed with you, off air that, you know, toward the end of the evening's activities, there was very little content late night at Anime Boston. Anime Boston is not a 24-hour convention, and by the time it got to be around midnight, the convention staff, uh, this is this is the Heinz staff, not the Anime Boston staff, but they were assisting, were all but ushering people out. So if you were like a cluster of five people standing in the hallway talking to each other, they'd be like, if you're not in an event, you have to go. And then we'd be like, oh, okay, we're just figuring out where to go. And like, without a beat, they'd be like, you have to go! Like, it just was really this weird attitude and, I, and I've kind of been bringing this up for a couple of years that I've gone that more and more it's just almost like the Heinz loves Anime Boston but hates Anime Boston like they're happy to have this giant event but also hate this giant event like well it sounds like um because the the this, these Gestapo security guards were Heinz people not yes, Anime Boston but at what point does it become the duty of the Anime Boston staff to be working with the convention well, to make it a pleasurable experience because it's happened every yeah. year it's definitely a collaborative effort it seems like yeah this has every, happened every year yeah it seems like every year they're just trying to over control yes that's a good way to put it yes exactly in things that aren't needed that aren't needed exactly they were crowd controlling things that were like tame because i for bad anime bad is a good example it was a very large panel the anime boston staff did a wonderful job directing everyone into that panel upon exit there's the hind staff barking at you move to the exit move to the exit move to the edit just puts a damper on what i feel anime boston kind of used to be a very fan collaborative convention and now it feels you know is is this a symptom of a con getting larger or is this a symptom of the way perhaps a shift in how it's run i couldn't say but it feels very impersonal and it feels it gives me the wrong kind of retro vibe you know it it made me feel like i was almost an early 2000s con that didn't quite have a feel for where it was located and it's unfortunate i don't want to sit here and say like i had a bad time i had a wonderful time but i I had a wonderful time within what was allowed at anime boston Mm. and it kind of feels stifling when you compare a convention that is very quickly growing in size similarly katsukon which has had its flounderings off and on but seems like they are now moving in the right direction where anime boston is kind of moving further and further away from that something really quick to look forward to in my eyes is how do other conventions handle outgrowing their original locations or things i look forward to boston comic-con which has now moved from the seaport world trade center over to where pax is located at the bcec okay so you think maybe a change of venue could be the same i really think so but unfortunately i know they are locked into a heinz contract for some time i don't have any information for how long i know it's a couple of years at least but i feel that when you sign a contract by somebody named right part of it i think sadly is that you know, due to circumstances we won't get into here right now, Anime Boston lost its its late night dance party. Mm. Anime Boston is kind of a you know red mark at this point. It's like a, a dirty word in the name of conventions. It's had a lot of drama to it, and it just doesn't offer for the price of Anime Boston. It does not offer half as much as what smaller cons offer, and I and feel that it's lost. It's kind of lost its roots. And they've been bumping that up. Year after year. Yeah, so the price of the con goes up, 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 and the content has gone dramatically less content. And this is something that I can get into another time, but a lot of panels this year felt that they were industry panels rather than fan-based panels. There were a lot of like industry-based retrospectives or here's what's new in anime, hot spring anime presented by whatever brand instead of, hey, guys, I love Gundams. You love Gundams? Let's love Gundams. And it just felt very, almost in a New York Comic Con way, Here's what's hot and new. And here's, here's what's what, manufactured. Yeah, here's manufactured, yeah. exactly. Cookie mm-hmm. cutter, n- not as personalized. So and I, and I'll I, tell you how to make my big old cod piece. I mean, I'll help you with that, Pat. I will help you with whatever cod pieces you need made. <laughs> you're, you're very kind. Thank you. All right, so and Anime Boston. And it will have you gears. You can put a gear on it. 
two big gears. Stick a gear on it. And a dispenser. Look, any technology Beaver. that is <laughs> sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic, so... Mm, okay. Steampunk tentacle. I own one of those, actually. What? Okay, we're going down a dark <laughs> tunnel here. Uh, so I think we're just we'll about talk out of there, but I do. on the show. Right. <laughs> In conclusion, Anime Boston, mm. it is what you make of it. And I and I, I I am saddened by not being able to sit here and say, my God, I had the best time ever. I love Anime Boston. Because a lot of the paneling that I once looked forward to has been kind of weeded out to make room for industry paneling. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. But hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll we'll learn from happens. the mistakes. We'll see what happens. Up. And uh, we'll, we'll see if I'm there to find out next year. All right. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, tentacles crossed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I didn't see any of those this year. Oh. Usually there's one day of the tentacle cosplayer. I didn't see any this year. That's because no one's thinking of the children. All right. So <laughs> this has been the Geek Down here on WMF Radio. I want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed, fun-filled show. I want to thank just Johnny. Yo. I want to thank Mix Macabre. Bye. I want to thank our in-house guests. Thank you. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. And I want to remind you, you can check out the watch, the watch City uh, Steampunk Festival at... WatchCityFestival.com. All right. And you can also uh, bone up on Mrs. Hawking's escapades at www.MrsHawking.com. All right. Look into it. And on May 13th. May 13th. May 13th, uh, be ready to uh, patronize the Watch City Steampunk Festival right here at lovely Waltham, Massachusetts. All right. And also, when you sign out, I want to say hey to DJ Herbie Herb. And I want to remind you all that you can catch us every Monday night here on WMFRadio.com. But you can also watch us and see our pretty faces at twitch.tv slash thegeekdown. And catch up with us on social media. Hit us up on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on uh, YouTube, uh, all at The Geek Down. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Tell us how amazing we are. Or hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. If you have anything you want to chime in on, we'll have a conversation back and forth. And until next week, I think pretty much it. Uh, thank you all for joining us. And um, there's nothing else to say. I hope you all be excellent to each other. Peace. Unchained Pizza. Our business is pizza. And pizza is our business. 960 Morrissey Boulevard, Dorchester, Massachusetts. www.unchainedpizza.com Dot L. It ain't about you. It's about the beer. I think I-